You already know what it is. It's your boy Calvin Light, and it's time to pay these bills. If you haven't heard of Anchor by Spotify, well, let me tell you, it's the easiest way for you to make your very own podcast. Everything you need in one place, let me explain. It's got all the tools for you to do your own podcast right from your phone, or you can get a little fancy on your computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast on all platforms, everywhere from Spotify, Apple Podcasting, and so many other places. And it has all the tools in one place. And guess what? It's totally free. So what do you got to do? Go to your app store, find Anchor app. That's A-N-C-H-O-R, Anchor app. Download and get your voice out there. Or you can go to anchor.fm and get started today. Get your voice out there. Be heard. Chill. So your most dangerous time in crisis is when you first come to the gospel. Right. Because the enemy going to tell you everything counter to what the gospel is telling you. And he going to paint the, the person leading you in a, in a bad light. So the prosperity gospel, the narrative behind it is they must be stealing. Right, right, right. But... I challenge everybody who has that notion to look at the income streams of those they've heard that about. Even the young the uh, young pastor uh, in New York, I don't know too much about, but the, I think he got robbed. got robbed. You look at his revenue stream. From what I understand, his church is really small, mm-hmm. but he do a lot of real estate. Yeah. Well, you made money in real estate. If God anointed him and blessed him to go out in real estate and make uh, income that way, mm-hmm. then God blessed him to make it that way. They be like what it be like, like you know already know what it is. It's your boy Calvin Light My Way, and this is Cut the Noise, Growing Through Conversation. Today I got a very special guest. A lot of times I say very special, but I mean very, very special guest today. Uh, no, none other than my own personal pastor of Amen. Strong Tower Christian Fellowship, Pastor David Brodus. Amen. On, hey, Calvin, what's going on? Appreciate you having me on. Oh, man, I appreciate you cutting out the time, man. Um, so today topic uh is purpose over prosperity but before we get into that i want you to tell the people just a little bit about yourself okay yeah appreciate it well i'm david broadness i am a pastor strong tower christian fellowship uh been a pastor there almost eight years here now um in the secular world i have a job i'm a father i'm a husband uh, i've got three kids beautiful wife been married 20 plus years uh been in my career field about 25 years um Facilities, operations, and maintenance is what I do outside of what I do uh, in the ministry. But the ministry, first and foremost, is my passion. My passion is people, helping people um, become the best versions of themselves. Mm. And so that's uh, that's what I love to do. I love to help people. So man, that's, that's that. just it in a nutshell. That's me. Right, man. That's awesome. Uh, I really love that, helping people be the best version of themselves. Uh, I resonate with that personally. Uh, but today, man, I really want to talk about this whole uh, purpose versus over prosperity. Okay. Because a lot of times, man, we had this uh, preconceived notion, at least at times, mm-hmm. for a season, uh, that everybody in church be broke. Uh-huh. Right? And the ones that ain't broke feel like they don't want to take it from the people to make them broke. <laughs> uh-huh. So could you explain to me, at least in your own personal opinion, um, 
in what vein did this prosperity come from? Okay. All right. So, you know, this is more complex than it sounds. Yes. Right? Yeah. So let's let's go let's take it back a little closer to the beginning. Okay. So the first thing is uh, we have to understand what purpose is mm. and then what it is to uh, what prosperity is or what it is to prosper. Okay. So purpose is your reason, mm. right? That's right. Prosperity is your result. Mm. So when you talk about purpose, uh, it is what you are um, born to do, made to do. Your reason for doing what you do is, is your purpose. Like, um, for example, you go to work every day, but your purpose to go to work ain't just to go to work, right? Your purpose to go to work is to feed your family and make sure you got everything you need. Right. So your purpose drives you toward that. Mm. When I say prosperity is a result, the result of you operating in your purpose causes you to prosper that you do have the things that you that you would like. So when you define prosperity or to prosper, it means well-doing mm -hmm. or, or successful is another synonym okay. they say for it. So what the problem a lot of people have is there is prosperity. They see that as their purpose. Mm. And when you see prosperity as your purpose, then what happens is you're never satisfied. Okay. And then what happens is you'll compromise. Mm. And so what happens when that compromise ha uh, happens, our Bible says that a, a double-minded man is, is wavering in all his ways. And so what happens is you seek in prosperity instead of purpose. And so you're never happy. Right. So you jump from here to there to here to there because you're seeking the result without the plan, Ooh, the purpose. The and so the first the thing plan. first is if you operate in purpose and if we divide, decide, I'm sorry, define prosperity as success, right? If you designed and you pushed and you driven for a thing, then your outcome in that thing will be successful. Mm. Now, another thing we do is we measure success in many different ways. And so a lot of time in this current time, what happens is success is measured simply by material things and money, mm. but that ain't success. Right. Um, and so that's what, that's what gets it uh, kind of messed up. But when we talk about the church and the prosperity gospels, uh, has been a term coined uh, for those who uh, do preach, go get money, you're supposed to have money, you're supposed to have abundance, you're supposed to have everything. But a lot of times what they leave out is, part of that is, is true, right? But what they leave out is the process to get everything. Mm. And they leave out, and people understand that it's a shortcut to, uh, well, people want to believe that there's a shortcut to this thing that I've determined in my mind is prosperity or well-doing or right. success. So what happens is what you see uh, as success in a person who is, let's say, Bill Gates, that's mm -hmm. a million, a billionaire, right, and do everything he wants, but still not, maybe not happy. Mm. What I may see as success may be a shack. We talked about this earlier. A shack on eight acres that's wooded, and I can just go somewhere and get peace. Right. For me to obtain that, to me, is pros uh, maybe prosperity and mm. prosperous. Okay. So with the distinction between prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. And what is the gospel? Okay, that's good. So the gospel is the redemptive story of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's that's the pure, straight definition of the gospel: the redemption, the redemptive salvation story of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And you've got four gospels, of course: uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which kind of tell the same the same uh, story in a different perspective. They hmm. call that the synoptic gospels. 
And then you have uh, John, which tells the story from another perspective. Uh, a couple of things in John you may not find in the other the Gospels. But the Gospel is the story of Jesus Christ. Okay. Point, point blank. That's the easy way to do it. And see, that, that clarity shows truth. Because a lot of times when people don't know something, mm -hmm. they just do a lot of time. Um, but whenever it's short and sweet, hey, that, that's a sign. That's it. That, that's how I take it. That's it. Um, so for a person that doesn't know the story of Jesus Christ, could you give us an abridged version as you would say? Oh, man, we could talk about that <laughs> all day long, but I, I'll do my best to right, abridge right. it. So Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God, came to earth, born of woman, Mary, lived on earth. Uh, as man but without sin um, gave his life for us um, was crucified was beaten was spat on was humili humiliated all for the people that he loved the people that he loved did it for, for uh, did it to him he still gave his life for them mm. he took on the sin that he didn't commit but the sins of the people on him so that the, the price of sin because the bible says the wages of sin is death, death absolutely right so the price of sin the death uh, not the, the, the death that's due to every man, one death, but the eternal death, right. which is separation from God, could be paid by him. Mm. And so uh, he is our way to reconcile or come back to God, that for eternity we have an expectation um, for life uh, with him, with peace, where there's no weeping, no mourning, mm. every tear wiped away, um, a life of uh, our true intended life of what we were supposed to have on earth before you know the adam and eve were tempted yeah. and went away um just a life with him perfect a perfect peace. life yeah. mm. lord have mercy for eternity yes yeah. yes yes now with that being said and we have the concept i say or the construct of prosperity gospel mm -hmm. exactly what is that so uh I want to, and I want to go back to it in a minute, but mm -hmm. prosperity gospel is a, a, a term coined for those uh, ministries mm -hmm. that use uh, gain as motivation for people to live the right way. Mm -hmm. And so their focus is on um, not necessarily the status of uh, one soul is, is there, mm -hmm. right? They'll tell you, yeah, go do the right thing, right. but... It's like do the right thing so you can have so you this, can this, so you can have that. Uh, you're supposed to have this. You're supposed to have that. And what that does is it kind of paints God in a box. Mm. Like if you ain't got a million dollars, you ain't blessed. Right. But your purpose may not be the millionaire. Your purpose may be to suffer and mm. show patience mm. so that others can have courage to go through what you overcome. Right. But the prosperity gospel is the, is the term coined uh, that says focus on um, having things, mm. uh, God's hand, Ooh. as opposed to His heart. Okay, yeah. so in a, in a sense, and it, you know, I I, I kind of have different variations of that, but from what I'm hearing, I hear instead of worshiping mm -hmm. the Father, right, the worshiping the gifts from the Father, right. That's if you uh, go deep into it, that's really what it turns into. It may right. not be the initial attention, right. but when people understand that uh, God has blessed me through my material things, mm -hmm. then what happens is you look through the material things instead of looking to cool. God. Ooh. And so what happens is you build your faith and your trust in your material things 
and your faith and your trust in God diminishes. Mm. Yeah, that's that's sad. That's that's terrible, man. Yeah, it can happen. Um, there's there's a lot of times where individuals, uh, business opportunities pop up, and they kind of manipulate Good. and use uh, God or even <laughs> prosperity manipulation in terms to influence people to join said mm-hmm. businesses opportunities and what so forth um, what are your thoughts on that? I love it so my thoughts are every man gotta be accountable uh, mm. for himself because you are very right so when opportunities come we have to pray and see if those opportunities meet our purpose. Okay. Because what happens is you could be be swayed and you could have an opportunity and it could pay off in the short term, but cost you everything. Mm. Um, earlier in my career, I had an opportunity at a, at a very young age um, to move across the country to California and to actually uh, be a project manager over a military base. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, yeah, that's an opportunity. It's gonna open doors in my career. It's gonna be well, I'm gonna do well. I'm gonna make a lot of money. I'm gonna have an impact. My name's gonna be out there. Everything seemed right. Mm -hmm. And then when I prayed about that thing, God said no. And uh, I didn't understand it, but I thank God I didn't go. Because now looking back 20 years ago, if I would have taken that opportunity in that time, my mindset was not there. Mm -hmm. And so, what would have what I believe would have happened is it would have cost me everything oh. because you already I thought very highly of myself and right, you couldn't right. tell me much <laughs> right anyway but now you mean to tell me I'm running this whole base and I got X amount of dollars and and uh, I'm doing this thing and I'm out here in California and uh, you know what happens when you get in that mind state is you put value over the things that you want and you lose value over the things that God has given you and so um, I'm no longer happy driving my Honda Accord. I got to get that Audi A5. Right. I'm not even happy with that Audi A5. I got to go get that Aston Martin. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so the eyes of a man are never satisfied. And okay. so when you seek about prosperity, you always seek for the next level of, of a thing. And what happens is you can end up selling yourself mm. for what you uh, seek to obtain that's outside of your purpose. Oh, man. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, with that being said, is there a, and we're just speaking, Mm -hmm. it's just us, uh, a point where people can be content, yet the Bible talks about abundance. Mm -hmm. So, how can we bridge the gap in Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, to be content is a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, Abundance is an observation. Mm. So we're supposed to have life and have life more abundantly. But if you are content, see, okay, like there are people that I know. If I look at them, I see abundance, but to them, they see enough. Mm. They're, they're content with what they have. But when I look at them, I see abundance. Right. I see four or five cars in the driveway. Mm-hmm. I see a house is, you know, they only got, they only using uh, 80% of the total uh, square footage of the house. <laughs> I see a refrigerator with food overflowing. I see abundance. But they say, oh, 
I'm happy with what I, what I got. So the two don't have to be competing. Right. The problem is, uh, if you are following God and searching God, mm-hmm. you always have enough, right? But when others see you, they may see abundance. Right. You know? Okay. Um, the good measure that I use is, when people are in need, do I have to give? If I have anything to give you when you in need, then I'm giving you out of abundance because abundance is above what I need right. to survive. It's not above my comforts. Right. It's anything above what I need to survive is abundance. Okay. So if you need something and I have anything to give you, I'm giving out of my abundance. Right. Yeah. I'm pivoting just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, there's something called mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, many times... In our community, mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot about that. Uh, <laughs> but in our community, there's a big mindset. There's a gap where there's a mindset of lack mm-hmm. versus abundance. Uh, can you speak on that from a spiritual context? Mm-hmm. Lack versus abundance from a spiritual context. Okay, so it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. Um, when you believe uh, for the the blessings and you define the blessings of God of, of material, right. then you'll see that as abundance. And what happens is you'll begin to chase those things as opposed to chasing God. Mm. So what happens is even when you acquire those things, spiritually you have lack. Mm. And so how the lack manifests is when things aren't going well in your life, then you pray and you have no power. Mm. When there are, uh, you got to say that one more time. When things aren't going well in your life, uh-huh. the, the way you recognize lack on the spiritual side, when things are not going well in your life, when you pray, you have no power. Mm. When you walk into situations that you are not satisfied with, mm-hmm. you have no ability to change atmosphere. Mm. When you when you are are when you are in a place and people around you are hurting, you can bring no comfort because spiritually you are empty you haven't spent the time seeking god you spent the time seeking things right and so um it's always important to keep that perspective uh if you have if you are full of god right uh my bible says that he shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory Hmm. so if he supplies you don't have to get your put your hands on it Hmm. trust him Follow him. He's going to lead you in the path of righteousness. And his will for you is to prosper even as your soul prosper. Right. So if it's, if it's his will for your soul to one prosper, be well, your mm-hmm. soul, spiritually for you to be well, uh-huh. he'll cause you to prosper even as your soul prosper. So as your soul is well and you follow his path, he calls you to pr- prosper naturally mm-hmm. in the areas where you may have once experienced lack. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that because a lot of times people focus on either one or the other. other. Uh Uh, And we don't, because I I was speaking to uh, Brother Barry Uh the other day, and I was talking about how at one point in my life I was pushing hard in church, right? And Mm -hmm. I was pushing hard, that was where my focus was. But by focusing so hard in church, the you know, the church, I was lacking or I wasn't giving attention or the reverence to my first ministry in the house. Home. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know with, with most men, most people, we got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. But it ha- it seems to be a 
repeat of repeat occurrence where people focus on something and then everything else depletes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How good? How, in your opinion, or even if there's a biblical uh, context in which we can find balance? Okay, so let me back it up to Genesis. Um, God created man and woman, and mm-hmm. He created woman. Uh, because he said it's not good that man be alone. Mm-hmm. So what I see from men a lot of time is even though God say it's not good that man be alone, for whatever reason it may be, men a lot of times seek to do things alone. Right. So we see ourselves as the answer. And so when that happens, that's when we lose balance. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is you can't do everything by yourself. Right. You can't be all things to all things right uh, you only got so much capacity of, uh, of you mm-hmm. so a lot of times what happens with men um, specifically with men uh, we will dig into a thing right and then when we see that that thing has a need right we'll seek to feel that need instead of seeking to recruit others to help mm-hmm. feel that need so like you say you dug in church right mm-hmm. so I'm sure that church had a need right and the need was well I can do that. I can I can open the doors. Uh, I can clean up. I can clean up after. Uh, I can study. I can teach Bible study. Uh, I can be the fill-in speaker. Uh, I can sing in the choir. I can I can <laughs> I can run the sound. Right, I can run right. the video. I, I I I I. But what happens is we had to sit back and say, the church, the ministry needs this and this and this. Hmm. Who do I know? Either that's already here that I can approach for some help. Or in my circle. Right. I love God. I believe God is the way, the truth, and the life. I love, let me make up a name. I love Corey. Mm-hmm. Corey, that's my homeboy. I desire for him to have the way, the truth, and the life. Do he have a relationship with God? Right. Is he going anywhere? Or are we just hanging out when we do what we do? Right. When we go to Dave and Buster's. Right. Corey, we going to go to Dave and Buster's, but man, I need to introduce you to this other thing, man. There's so much joy in this thing. You're going to... You will have more joy than when you beat the highest score in this game. Right. So now you introduce Corey to the fellowship. Now you got help too because, hey, look, man, we're going over here to do this. And as his passion grows for God and to serve the house of God, then you gain help on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take on so much by yourself. Right. So now you have more you to give to other areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I like that, man. Um, go back to this thing because you said um, – kind of two factions in some churches. You said some appear to have lack uh, physically mm-hmm. and then others appear to have much physically. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is there's a pull right, or a right, war. Right, right, right. And the story that's told is the people who have much publicly right. must be stealing yeah. from those who got lack. So I, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because I hate that dialogue. Right. Because if I talk about... Um, those who have been coined prosperity preachers, let's say Joel Osteen, I think he's probably mm-hmm. right now wearing that label the biggest, even though I don't necessarily right, right, um, right. agree with it. What happens is they see Joel Osteen with much, and yeah, there are some people in his city who don't have much. So they see his abundance, but they don't see his prayer. Mm. They see his abundance, but they don't see his study. Right. They see his abundance, and they then they see the facility of the church. And they say, well, he must be taken for the church. A lot of times these pastors like Joe Osteen. I'm not saying him exactly. Right. But I can speak for myself. Yeah. We don't take a dime from the church. Right. Right. 
Joe Osteen write books. Yeah, he do. T.D. Jakes write books. He gives seminars. T.D. Jakes make movies. Yeah. T.D. Jakes made a CD. Yeah. So when you have income coming out, when you have prayed to God and he show you uh, your ability to get wealth, then what the enemy do is misrepresent the facts. Oh, okay. And the enemy will misrepresent the facts that, oh, he got a Ferrari. He must be stealing from the church because you see the church is big. Mm. Well, if he's stealing everything from the church for a Ferrari, how do you think the church stay big? Uh-oh. <laughs> there's, that, there's, there's a whole lot of truth in that now. You know, so what the enemy will do is misrepresent the, 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 the ministry and misrepresent the messenger of the ministry mm. in an attempt to cloud the judgment of those who are babes in Christ mm. at this point. So your most dangerous time in Christ is when you first come to the gospel. Right. Because the enemy going to tell you everything that that uh, is counter to what the gospel is telling you. And he going to paint the the person leading you in a, in a bad light. So the prosperity gospel, the narrative behind it is they must be stealing. Right, right, right. But I challenge everybody who has that notion to look at the income streams of those they've heard that about. Even the young the uh, young pastor uh, in New York, I don't know too much about, but the, I think he got robbed, got robbed. Yeah, recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I don't necessarily agree, you know, but <laughs> style is style. My style ain't here. People say I'm country. I can dig it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if he, wanna, if he has millions of dollars of shoes and jewelry or whatever, okay, but you look at his revenue stream. From what I understand, his church is really small. But he do a lot of real estate. Yeah. Well, you made money in real estate. If God anointed him and blessed him to go out in real estate and make uh, income that way, mm -hmm. then God blessed him to make it that way. If he is uh, supplying for his church and his church doesn't have need, even though it's small, then he's doing that thing. So right. you can't say, especially if he got a small church, that he's stealing from the church. That's true. Because where you get the millions of dollars from? Right. Yeah. I mean... I get that in a sense, like, because, I mean, you break it down, it makes sense. But what a lot of people say, I hate to use the term, playing devil's advocate, right? Uh -huh. uh, Other side of the coin. There you go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, but what they doing with this? What they doing with the money? Why they need this and why they need that? I love it. Good. I love it. I love when they say that. Yeah. Because for me to help you, you got to help yourself. Right. So if God, listen, if God blessed me with a million dollars and he trying to do a thing in you, I'm out of order if I just jump up and come and save you. Because one, you're going to misuse what I give you. Right. Two, you, if, even if you don't, you're going to see me as your savior. Mm. That's not my, my, my part. Right. My duty is not to give you fish. My duty is to teach you to fish. Right. My duty is not to give you the out. My duty is to show you to him so he can show you his your path out. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people get caught up on that. Well, he got a million dollars. He can give me this. What's the motive behind you wanting to, somebody to give you what? Why yeah. is the, not the motive? Teach me what you got so I can go get my own. Right. Now, I agree with that 100%. Uh, a lot of times, this is just me now. Uh, <laughs> I was speaking for other people a while ago. But... I feel that churches and assemblies mm -hmm. need to step up mm -hmm. and I love it and, and teach how to be resourceful or, or teach resourcefulness. Good, because uh, a lot of times we hear uh, a rah rah, 
-hmm. you know we're here some motivation to get us through the next work week but what about tangible actionable steps into improving our marriages improving our financial situation improving life in general mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on that bro I love it I, I agree with you and the church should have those things um, available but mm -hmm. flip the other side of the coin right 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 what we who are in leadership of the church see is that uh, let me give you a, 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 a real tangible example okay. I had a uh, at Strong Tower we had a men's symposium Mm -hmm. Well, we bought in the area's leading urologist to talk about prostate health and men's health and PSA levels and prostate state checks. We bought in medical representatives to talk about uh, the symptoms that you would see if you have uh, prostate uh, issues, treatments that are available that might necessarily cause you to lose function. There may be other things that you can do before you get to that level. Mm -hmm. And we bought in an insurance rep to talk to you about the importance of having medical insurance, uh, if not through your job, uh, how you get it through uh, uh, Affordable Care Act, how you sign up for it to make sure you are insured so you can get the treatment you need. Calvin? We socialized that thing. Mm -hmm. We put it on social media everywhere. We sent letters to all the neighboring churches. Uh, we put flyers up in grocery stores. And I tell you what, outside of the members of our church, you know how many men showed up for anything else? <laughs> how many? So, one. Wow. And so what happens is I always hear the cry, the church need to step up, the church need to do more. Mm -hmm. But when the church do these things, nobody comes. Right. And then now when the church have the rah, 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 the yep. concert, if I go out right now yep. and say we're going to yep. bring yep. Leandria Johnson to sing to you, yep. we're gonna, it's going to be standing room only. So I put it back to say the church does need to step up. In most cases, the church wants to step up, but it's supply and demand. I got you. You know, so yep. there's nobody putting a demand until tragedy hit. Mm. Um, I saw a story on the news Um a young man tragic he was shot to death and the family couldn't pay for the funeral and the mother got on the news and say where are the churches my my son was a good man and ain't no church helping us and we can't pay for his funeral and it's a shame my baby can't get in the ground and it's a shame and that was a sad story mm -hmm. but the question is well man what church do you belong to right when was the last time you gave resources to the church so that the church had resources to give out? Right. Um, you know, how do you expect if nobody know you in the church or or you're not attached to a church for the church to be there for you? We, Facts. we don't know you. Yeah. We would love to help you. You know, right. as far as for Strong Tower, we've paid car notes. We paid rent. <laughs> we paid light bills. Uh, we paid doctor bills. I mean, we don't broadcast it because we're not supposed to, yeah. but we are a church that's given. But if I don't know you, you could be my cross-the-street neighbor. If so, I don't know you hungry, I can't, I can't bring you no food. I can't help you, but I don't know. Right. I got you, man. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Um, well, I also feel, you know, I'm just talking. <laughs> but that's what we're here for. Uh, it's good. I also feel like uh, church. And I ain't talking about strong town. I'm just talking about, you know, church overall. Mm -hmm. The sense of community. Mm -hmm. um, 
to step outside, how to step outside the four walls and reach into the community or be a real pillar uh -huh. in the community. Because I mean, obviously, COVID was a thing and it stopped a lot of growth. It stopped, the, I mean, a lot of movement. Right. But um, how can you know smaller churches or even uh, mid-range churches or new churches get involved? To where they can be a help to the community. That's good. Um, well, there's 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 many ways. I can't speak for a lot of churches, and I, I don't want to make this a strong tower commercial. Yeah. <laughs> but I know, like for us, there are things that we plan specifically to go out into the community and do. We have community days. We go out and do picnics. Anybody can come. We have, usually have music, food. There's free drinks, whatever. And that's a chance for us to, one, show that we're here, but to, two, listen, get the beat of the community to see where mm -hmm. a need is. And I think that the church has to do that, right? I think that the, 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 even the small, medium churches, uh, matter of fact, especially them, uh, to sustain, has to get the beat of the community, has mm -hmm. to understand where the needs are, and then has to understand what they can do to meet or to cater to that need. Um, you may not be able to do it all, and, and a lot of times with smaller churches, financially you may have not have it, but what can we do? Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. I may not be able to um, give you this, but I may be able to teach you this. Um, I may not be able to um, do a food drive right now, right? right? I don't have a pantry, right? But I may be able to understand that there's a need, and I may be able to use my status as a church uh, to go and speak to grocery stores about their, you know, items that are uh, not expired, but nearly expired and what happens to those. And there's a way, is there a way we can channel those because we got a need over here. So it starts with communication. Mm. All things starts with communication. Um, churches have to know the areas that they serve and what the needs are, and then have to figure out where the resources to get uh, the things that the community needs. And then they can serve as that conduit mm. between the, uh, the, the source and the community. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, now on the flip side of that, I'm a man. Mm -hmm. I can't speak to nobody else. Mm -hmm. I don't care how they identify. Um, how can men get more involved in the local churches man, yeah. or auxiliaries? Mm -hmm. What should they do? Man, you know what? I love that uh, because, to be honest with you, in every church, there's a need right now for men. Absolutely. Um, Men have, in a lot of cases, put their hand to the plow uh, in a natural sense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what happens is the impact on families, the moral fiber of the family deteriorates because the family misses that man's leadership. And I'm not chauvinistic, but I do believe in the roles that God uh, set up. And I know you are a family man as well as myself. Mm -hmm. And I just know when I see in my house and even with my children, there's a difference when uh, when when me as the man say yeah, absolutely mama mama can say hey I need y'all to go clean up that kitchen okay all right but when daddy say hey go clean them dishes up that's right dishes get done quickly it means something so there's a need for men um, in the churches so what I would encourage men to do is if you have a desire where you have an where you have an opportunity go where you live. Mm. Don't just go to what's convenient. Right. Go where you live. 
Um, it may be a small church. It may be a mega church. Who knows? But, you know, you may have drive by and saw it and something on your heart. Say, you know, I'm going to stop in there one day. Why not make one day tomorrow? Right. You know, yeah. stop in there and see what's going on. And then, uh, excuse me, seek to where you can connect. Right. Yeah. Man, but there's a need for men. But churches, too, have to have to realize that men are are uh, interested. Yeah. Because a lot of times men are closed because we understand we carry the burdens for our families. Right. And uh, men are funny. We need validation. And so we don't want to look like we're not being good men or carrying the load for our families. Mm. So a lot of times men are not just going to come in the door and say, oh, I'm at the church. Oh, I need help with this. I'm struggling with addiction. I'm I, I, I'm locked on pornography. They're not going to just come in and pour their, right. pour their hearts out like that. So men, So churches have to realize that if we want to engage men, we have to create platforms for men to engage, um, create, uh, well, create relationship. Experience creates relationship, and that'll build trust, which will build community mm -hmm. where men can come in and share uh, what's going on with them. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Uh, before I close, I got a question to ask you. Okay. This is for all the viewers, for all the people that have this question, how do I find my purpose? Ooh, you know what? That's a good question. We get that all the time. So how do you find your purpose? It's a process. Mm -hmm. it, there is no answer. How do you find your purpose? Yeah. Go on aisle three over there in the grocery <laughs> store. Look beside the Cheetos. And you you find your name. No, it ain't, it ain't <laughs> like that. So um, finding your purpose um, really starts with self-evaluation. Mm. Um, a lot of times your purpose is the thing um, that you are gifted in and that you naturally uh, fall to. Um, think about in your in your times uh, where things aren't right. What brings you relief? Mm. A lot of time that's tied to your purpose. Right. Um, purpose is only found through uh, seeking God, but purpose is also found through obedience. So when you seek God, I'll, I'll give you my story. My family is teachers, mm -hmm. and so. Um, all my life I heard, you know, you got to go to college. You got to, you know, you're going to be a teacher. You got to be a teacher. <laughs> all, all my families, that's all I knew. Well, um, as a kid, I used to like to tinker with stuff. And my dad used to get mad because in his little tools um, in his garage, I go out there messing with stuff and I ain't know how to put stuff back where it belonged. And so he got there looking for a screwdriver and he couldn't find his screwdriver. Right. He'd be like, you always messing with my stuff leave my stuff alone so then I would try to build like little dog houses and you know I would take my bicycle apart and put my bicycle back together I just like to do that mm -hmm. but you got to be a teacher you got to be a teacher so when I graduated high school I tried out college and it was probably the most miserable year of my life because I didn't I was outside of my purpose yeah in my mind I understood that if I was a, a teacher I might have some consistency and um uh, in my life as far as my bills and financially. I'm not going to say I'd be rich, but I'd have some consistency. Right. And that's what my family uh, taught me was honorable. But what I learned in my beginning of training for that is I was not happy mm. because I was outside of my purpose. And so um, what happens is obedience has to step in to God. So I dropped out of college, and my family let me have it. <laughs> you know, uh, all, you know, uh, 
Yeah, and that's another story. Right. But what happened is when I dropped out, um, I began to go back to the thing that I was interested in. I began to work in, uh, well, look for training and to work in trades. And uh, I did well in the trades. You know, I provided for my family in trades. Uh, my salary in trades is, you know, more than double of what it would have been if I was a, a teacher. Um, and so it's tied, purpose is a lot of times tied for that. It's not necessarily that somebody else is going to tell you your purpose, mm -hmm. but you have to have a seeking. You have to have a, an examination of yourself to figure out what you enjoy, what motivates you. And then what happens for that is you have to seek God for uh, how to activate and get active in that thing that's your mm -hmm. purpose. Uh, a lot of times people miss their purpose because it's skewed by uh, prosperity or a desire for prosperity. Right. But you got to believe God when he say, I give you the ability to get wealth. So if you're working in your purpose, God is going to align that thing where you have the ability for everything you need, including wealth. Mm. So purpose starts with self-examination. Uh, there's no easy answer. Um, it starts with dedication uh, to God. Purpose, I believe purpose comes from God. It mm -hmm. starts with dedication to God and seeking Him. As you seek Him, I believe that doors open. Um, I believe, I still am one who believes in leadership um, when we start talking about church. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of uh, our society now says you don't need pastors, you don't need no man to tell you nothing. But in the but biblically, I always say, saw God speak to people through people. Uh, I did see an occasion where he spoke to a man through a donkey. <laughs> but but yeah. I saw God speak to people through people. So for me, is you pray to God, yes. God give you the message, yes. But he send you confirmation through man. Mm. And so um, a lot of times when you get purpose and you hear it from God, you know, your circles will conform, will confirm what that purpose is. Okay. And like you say, hey, man, I think I want to start a podcast. Mm. Um, you know, I'm really thinking about it. I'm sure God put that on your heart. And I'm sure as you socialize that with your circle, some of your friends say, man, that'd be dope. Because we don't get to talk about things from the perspective that we live in. It'll right. be good to hear your voice. Confirmation comes. Right. Now, you went out on faith. You invested mm -hmm. in the thing that God put on your heart. I see microphones. I see cameras. I see, I see uh, uh, inputs. I see crossovers. I see computers. You invested in the thing that's your purpose. So I believe by faith that as long as you are faithful for this, then it's going to have an impact. And I believe whatever you need to continue in this is going to be supplied. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Man, I appreciate that. Um, is there anything that you would like to share that God may have on your heart? Floor is yours. All right. Um, God, this season is interesting. You know it at the church. Um, you know, here lately, I've really been seeking God in such that I haven't been speaking much. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, I don't think I have spoken in the last month. Uh, I've been seeking him. And what God has put on my heart is that um, in these times, um, these are dire times. And that the we have to get back to our first love. Mm -hmm. Many people have left their first love. Our first love is him, is our creator. And so if we look at it in a natural sense... Um, a lot of times with people, your first love is your mother because that's who you've seen. That's who fed for you when you was a baby. That's who provided you clothes. That's who gave you what you needed. But in truth, you know, our first love is God. He created us. He put us in a place that we are provided for. 
he kept us out of danger that we were able to get to the age that we are now and so God says a lot uh, right now uh, a lot of us have left our first love mm. and so uh, my encouragement to everybody is don't worry about prosperity prosperity come when you operate in your purpose every need will be surprised will be supplied but seek your first love mm. seek God uh, mm. If you love your family, seek God for your family. Um, if you love your friends, seek God for your friends. Uh, be the example to them that they don't have to compromise and accept what the world is selling them. But God is in control. And you can be, uh, what's the word, stable and righteous. Mm. You can have abundance and be righteous. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing or saying. Go back to your first love. Seek God. Um, listen to him. Obey him. Um, sit your flesh down. Fast for him. You know, our flesh right now consumes us. And a lot of people run to what feels good. Mm. Sit your feelings down and go and seek him. Uh, in that, I think you find purpose. I think operating in excellence in your purpose leads to prosperity. It leads to fulfillment. It leads to uh, health, both mentally and physically. And it leads to the life that uh, you've been chasing the whole time. The problem is we just got off track when we saw something else. Oh, man. Well, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and most definitely the words that God laid on your heart. Uh, that's it. Till wow. next time. Stay encouraged. Stay positive. Stay productive. Till next time. Lights out. Amen. Cheer.